We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Final hour. Beamer in for Bowerly. Here on News Radio 930 WBEN. With you for uh, another 50 minutes. Uh, uh, just another tragic day in Buffalo, New York, in Western New York. Uh, another emotionally draining day uh, here. And, you know, again, it really does put things into perspective. You know, we, we harp and dwell on such minor things. And then something like today happens. You know, uh, a deadly fire. A, a firefighter's life is lost. And I do think it puts it in perspective. You know, maybe we shouldn't bicker as much about minor things. You know, uh, we should maybe take a look and see what we're thankful for, what we can be positive about. Um, because there is a family today that has lost a loved one. And they are, you know, they are now going to mourn that. This morning, it was everything as usual, going to work. Um, and I think it just puts it in perspective uh, that, you know what, maybe we shouldn't let the small things uh, ruin, our, ruin our week and ruin our mood. Um, because, you know, as we see today, it can be worse. 803-0930, star 930 is the number to get on. But Brayton Wilson is back in studio with us. And Brayton, it has been a day for you. Yeah, quite a day since, uh, since I got here and since we'd heard about what the heck was going on and getting down there and trying to get out of there and get to get to the uh, police headquarters, fire headquarters for the four o'clock and then back here. Now, I heard the questions asked, obviously, at the press conference, but, you know, how long were firefighters in the building? Did we get an answer on that? I don't I don't remember them saying anything about how long they were in there, but certainly when the, the first ones that responded got in there pretty quick when you know they had the it wasn't necessarily an explosion i can't remember how it was exactly explained essentially just that like russia oxygen that came in with like a bunch of smoldering sort of somewhat burning materials next thing you know that rush of oxygen comes in and it just comes right back out almost in an explosion type way that i mean we saw the video there were already firefighters there and unfortunately the commissioner ronaldo was able to say you know the the firefighter that had lost his life uh, battling the fire had lost his life in the in the part of the building that had partially collapsed so they were in there we know how many were in there how long they were in there that's un, that's unclear at this time now you you were at the scene and just explain how the scene went from when you were first there and we've seen the videos you've seen the pictures to when you left to go to that press conference how it changed over those few hours well certainly when I had first gotten there it looked like they had cleared out the the big flames that we had seen in that video right the the ones that were shooting out of the building and the next thing you know that that big poof of that big fireball that came out by the time i had gotten there they it had appeared that they had contained that part but the building was was pretty well engulfed otherwise i had seen some flames uh coming out from the roof and the side of the roof the top of the roof right in front of the building uh Certainly, they were still firing a pretty significant, are still fighting a significant fire. 
at the time that I had gotten there. Again, I had gotten on scene probably shortly after 1030. So they had they had started to to get a good grasp on everything going forward from there. Um, and unfortunately, you know, they, they did have one firefighter that was accounted for for quite a while. And then, you know, we eventually got that sad news that he had passed. Now, I saw drone footage from over the fire. How many, you know, hoses were going on this, uh, putting water down on this fire? How, how many firefighters did you see, you know, watering this thing down? Several, several firefighters I had seen watering it down, trying to uh, put water on it from the main entrance, trying to put water on it from above, side windows, second story, third story windows. Uh, I, I would have to say the the response was as large as you could probably get for a fire like that in the city of Buffalo. You know, at, at, by my count, I had counted at least four of those large cherry picker engines that they had respond to the scene, and they were all dousing fire on top of, you know, firefighters down below from the ground level dousing the flames with water, trying to do everything they could to contain it, trying to put it out. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, that building leaving the scene to get to the fire headquarters this afternoon, leaving that building, I mean, it, it there was still some flames going on in there. I mean, it was it was well contained though, but there's there's nothing there. I don't know if you saw the picture that oh, I yeah. that I had sent out on the WBEN account, but just there it is gutted in there. It is partially collapsed, and and as Commissioner Ronaldo said, they are going to demolish the building pretty quickly and, and on an emergency basis just because there's there's really nothing there anymore that'll happen tonight the, the, i don't remember if he said tonight but it, it may happen i would say it's probably done by the weekend okay. if not maybe early next week now when you first got there you know again seeing this uh, the pictures you put seeing the drone footage how far was that smoke area? You know, because we heard of people in their offices downtown smelling smoke, seeing, you know, the smoke. Mm -hmm. How far would you say that smoke covered at, at the height of this fire? Well, the from the videos, from the photos that we were seeing when we first heard about the fire, you know, the black smoke, everything was that was pretty significant. When I was driving down there, you didn't necessarily see it until you got to about Jefferson Avenue. Um, from the 33. And then when you get down there, you you see the smoke was being carried off by the wind and it's it's it was being blown, I would say, in, in all sorts of different directions. At one point, I think it was blowing more towards the north. The next thing you know, it's blowing east, it's blowing south. It just kind of was blowing everywhere. And, and when I first got down there, I mean, we were we were really darn close to that fire. I mean, I got as close as the sidewalk on the opposite side of the street close to the building from from where it was burning wow. and uh and then they backed us up a little bit more and then they eventually just cleared that entire block and made sure there were no vehicles no people there they wanted to get as many crews as many you know trucks ambulances first responder vehicles on that part of the block to be able to help contain and also you know obviously with the with the efforts to try and um recover the the firefighter that had been unaccounted for so it, it certainly was um the, the smoke at times was thick at times it was very black at times it was white and you know it, it just it just goes to show that like you hit one part of the building 
you, you try to contain that. Next thing you know, there's another part of the building where something had been smoldering. And next thing you know, there's enough oxygen where it kicks up fire and then it's smoking again. And it's just like it, it started from the left side of the building more towards the left side. And then it just kind of spread its way all the way across the building. And it, it was it, it was pretty remarkable how that entire situation developed from the time I had gotten there to the time I had left. Now, this is a tough question, but, you know, we uh, we, we had um we, we had a firefighter and the mother of a lost firefighter call in last segment. And you were there when, you know, they took the um, everyone's standing attention, I think, when they finally confirmed the news. What was the mood? You know, because I was talking about these firefighters, they lost a brother and now they got to get back to work. What was the mood at the scene? Um, I, th- I think I had said this earlier on the broad. You could hear a pin drop at that point. Um. You know, I I think they knew the gravity of the situation in terms of at that point. You know, when we had talked to Commissioner Ronaldo and Mayor Brown, first off, they had said, you know, one unaccounted for. We're still trying to to find out where he is. And one of the reporters, you know, had asked, you know, is there optimism or something in some way or form? Is there optimism that he's still alive or she's still alive? And they said, that's the hope. Um but, you know, I think when they had and this was just before two o'clock, so I can remember I was I was kind of like seeing what was going on and I'm I'm looking at my watch. I'm looking at the, the time on my phone. I'm like, OK, I got to hit here with with Tom coming up at two. And, you know, everyone was standing at attention. Buffalo police, Buffalo fire, everybody on the scene. Everything had come to a stop. They had stopped trying to, you know, put water on the on the building or anything like that. And it was very quiet, very quiet. I mean, you almost couldn't even hear the sirens. You couldn't hear anything else going on. It was just you kind of knew and understood the gravity of the situation, and they knew it. Um, And then at that point, it almost just became a matter of just getting the confirmation that they had recovered the body and, and, yeah. Well, Brayton, great work down there. Not the easiest story to cover by far, and uh, we appreciate the updates. We appreciate you being there. Thank you, Joe. appreciate it. Brayton Wilson, great work today uh, at the scene, and as he said, they, he's put some pictures at WBEN on Twitter, and uh, we've been hearing from him throughout the day. 803-0930, star 930, asking you uh, just what's going through your mind. A day like today, uh, the, the year we've had in western New York, Tell me what's going on through your mind, how you staying positive, and uh, firefighters out there, always appreciate your perspective as well at 803-0930. Beamer in for Bowerly with you, and just another, just another tragic day, another emotional day here in western New York. Let's go to uh, Lockport. That's where Mike is. Mike, you're a fireman. Yes, I am. Um, you know, I can speak for myself. I've been in the fire department for about a year and a half now. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of tragic events. But, you know, it, it does hit home when it's, you know, one of yours. I mean, it it, it hurts when you see someone else. But it, we're all brotherhood. We know what our jobs are as firefighters. And when it comes to an event like this, you know, a lot of the firefighters are down. But they do continue to do the right thing, and we continue to mourn the loss with the family. And when I when I first seen the story break, it it definitely shook me. It shook me that there was one that was unaccounted for. And I can tell you, like I was hoping that he was definitely alive. You know, you never want to see your brotherhood go down. 
You know, it's one less capable body that we have in the fire department now that could be an EMT or, you know, the shortage around Western New York is definitely big. And now we lose another one. You know, I, I share the sympathy with the family. It, it, it definitely hurts us. Definitely. Hey, Mike, I, I want to know, you said you're a, a volunteer firefighter. You know, when you get that call on the scanner and you drive to uh, to get on that truck, you know, what's going through your mind as a firefighter? Or is it just, I got to get there as quick as I can so we can get to this fire? What What's the mindset? Our mindset is, you know, you have a chief that's in charge. You have a first, uh, a captain. You know, you listen. You listen to the orders that are barked out. Um, but yes, it, it's racing. I've been through one of the fires myself. Um, that magnitude. I mean, I would say surround and drown. Um, but you know, I I I went through training just about a year ago, and you go through, and they they set you up for what it could be my experience you know it goes through and you got the adrenaline you know what could be involved what could be there you know is there hazardous uh people trapped um you got a lot of things running through your mind but again i was never in a burning building to say but like you know some of my colleagues have so you know the experiences just um they they basically do a two-man tag team you know you make sure you stay close to that that firefighter uh the edge of his boot to let him know you're there and i would say something went wrong in in the building with the firefighters either one or two um they lost the tag team and they lost communication with each other and that's how i would say he actually perished hey mike uh, appreciate the insight and uh, thank you for your service definitely take care and have a good day and best of luck hey thanks mike mike in lockport volunteer firefighter opens the line for you 803 0930 star 930 is the number to get on you can also text the volkswagen of Orchard Park text board at 803-0930 when uh, we're going to go to break. Tom Puckett will have an update at 530. When we come back, we'll be taking your calls. Also, we're going to replay the uh, call from Angie, the mother of Jonathan Kroom, and uh, give that perspective of being a family member and finding out that uh, your loved one, who is a uh, firefighter, has uh, has passed away on the job. Uh, so we will play that when we come back, and we will also take your calls. It is Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... 
you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back. Beamer in for Bowerly. Final segment here at News Radio 930. WBEN uh, on what, what has been just another sad, emotional, tragic day. Uh, 803-0930, star 930. I'd like to get what is going through your mind. I, I've got to just put a little... Uh, i got to mention something. And I, I'm sorry to, uh, to kind of uh, break what we're talking about for a second. But So after, uh, after the show, I'm going to an event. So I, I brought a suit. I brought a, a, a nice shirt to go with the suit. I forgot a tie, and I forgot my belt. And I didn't bring dress socks. I brought gym socks to wear with my nice shoes. I did bring the nice shoes. So I am going to this nice business event after the show in a suit with no belt, no tie, and I'm going to have Adidas socks with dress shoes. So that is, uh, I thought I'd mention that. I think I thought some people might enjoy, enjoy that story. Uh, but you know what? It's, uh, it's nice. I, I'm very flattered that I was invited. Um, I, I think they might be disappointed that they invited me uh, to a business event. Usually that's full of mature people, and I'm going to walk in uh, right after it starts. But that, uh, that is what I am doing after the show. Uh, would like to get your perspective, 803-0930, star 930. Um, I, I really do appreciate all the calls today. Uh, for uh, some of you, I know it's been emotional to call in um, and go through what's happened, and we really do um, appreciate it. I also want to say that I, I really – it was nice hearing from uh, Father Paul during the press conference in uh, his words and what he has uh, said to the family and um, in his prayer – after the uh, press conference, uh, just a shout out to uh, Father Paul um, for his words this afternoon. Uh, again, 803-0930, star 930 is the number to get on. It's also the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Um, I do want to say that the uh, governor has uh, put a statement out. Uh, governor Kathy Hochul on Twitter said, I am heartbroken by this devastating tragedy. Uh, in Buffalo, my prayers are with the loved ones of the brave fallen firefighter and entire Buffalo Fire Department. Uh, I've spoken with Mayor Byron Brown to offer any support if needed. That is from Governor Kathy Hochul. Uh, Mayor Byron Brown, as you heard him in his press conference, he on um, Twitter says, I am deeply saddened to report that a member of the Buffalo Fire Department has lost his life while bravely fighting the four-alarm fire on Main Street in downtown Buffalo today. I ask everyone to keep the family and fellow firefighters in your prayers. Uh, words from uh, words from the mayor of Buffalo. It's also very nice to see the other departments throughout western New York uh, say their words. Snyder Fire Department, I grew up 
in Snyder, right down the street from the fire department. Snyder Fire Department saying a tough day for all those involved at the fire on Main Street in downtown Buffalo. Our thoughts and prayers are with our brothers and sisters of the Buffalo Fire Department and their families, especially the family of the fallen firefighter. Uh, so that is from the Snyder Fire Department. And you're seeing it from the other uh, departments in western New York. Uh, Attorney General Letitia James says, I'm praying for this firefighter, the Buffalo Fire Department, and everyone across Buffalo uh, on Twitter today. Uh, 803-0930-930. As we're seeing pictures, and Brayton mentioned on WBEN's Twitter, he uh, posted a picture of what the building looks like now. And... Um, really just, again, I know I've said this so many times, it's put it in perspective, what this fire did and how quickly this fire ripped through this building and looking at pictures of when the fire was first reported to looking at what's left now, just a shell of this building. It will be demolished. Um, It it could start as early as tonight, but by this weekend, that building or what's left of that building will be demolished after the deadly fire ripped through it. Some other statements from uh, political figures and also uh, from some organizations around uh, County Executive Mark Polencars on Twitter. On behalf of the entire Erie County family, I offer my deepest condolences to the family of the Buffalo firefighter who perished while in the line of duty today, as well as the entire Buffalo fire and city family. All flags at county buildings will be lowered in his honor. Uh, The FBI Buffalo branch said with today's horrible loss, FBI Buffalo sends our deepest condolences to the Buffalo Fire Department and their loved ones. We are praying for all Buffalo Fire Department's brave men and women during this tragic time. The Buffalo Sabres saying the entire Sabres family mourns the Buffalo community and Buffalo Fire Department uh, and the Bills. uh, All of Bills Mafia mourns the Buffalo community and the Buffalo Fire Department. So those are some statements, some um, Prayer, thoughts and prayers being passed on social media this afternoon. 8030930, star 930 is the number for you if you'd like to share just your thoughts on the day. It has been a, um, again, I hate to repeat myself, a very um, emotionally draining day. Let's get some uh, sound from the fire this afternoon. This is Leah Underwood uh, and what she saw on the Main Street fire. And I literally like seen the smoke and I'm like, wait, I just talked to him. I hope this isn't where that is. And it was like right next to it. So we like me and my boyfriend to go around and we had to load boxes in. But yeah, I'll be here from 12 to 6. You, They put that right here. So they said people could still come. You know what I mean? But I have a business, wine glasses, customized wine glasses, Prime Like Wine LLC. So yeah, I'm, I was like, oh my gosh, I hope people still come, you know. Yeah, but absolutely. When did you when did you, you find out about this fire? I literally was driving down like that street right there. I was driving down, and the cops had it blocked off. And then I happened to look, I seen all the smoke. I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope that's not the black butterfly, but it wasn't. Praise God. So, but I'm like, I think it's like a costume store that was like shut down, and something must have caught on fire. And then the owner of the black butterfly said it went to the back too, so that's why it was just like smoke everywhere yeah absolutely just describe the scene and what you see here right now right now it's like i don't know like ambulance trucks fire trucks cops there's people everywhere there's news crews and i'm just like i hope people come (laughs) the guy got his car stuck in front he can't move you know they got the police line uh police 
landscape all along the perimeter here, even like where the black butterfly right. is. Right. Yeah. But you can still go to the black butterfly. They said that that's fine. You can go under the tape. That's no problem. Um, to get in. Yeah. And they're still putting. Still they're still putting, putting it out. Yeah. That was Leah Underwood with our Max Ferry. Here's another witness. Uh, this is the neighbor who woke up to text during the Main Street fire. Uh, here's what they had to say. Uh, witness on the street. So I'm dead asleep. I literally got home from work at like 6 o'clock in the morning. And my phone's just blowing up. Everybody's calling me. I didn't know like what happened. They're like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just sleeping. And they're like... The building next door to you is completely engulfed in flames. I'm like, that's nuts. So, of course, I just ran down here and I'm looking at this. This is insane. The entire area is shut down. Like, I mean, hopefully everybody's okay. I heard the building was vacant, thankfully. But, yeah, this is nuts. I've never seen anything like this. Describe the scene, you know. There's got there's police tape. The smoke's still going on, you know. What are, what are you seeing right now? The entire area of Main Street is completely shut down. Same with Washington Street. They're attacking this thing from all areas. It seems like they got it under control, but it looks like there's a lot of debris. Um, if your car's like in this area, you're definitely not moving. Um, but it looks like Buff, P Buff PD, Buff Fire Department's definitely got it under control. I uh, just hope everyone's safe. All right, that was a neighbor uh, and what they witnessed at the fire. Uh, now, earlier today, we spoke with Angie from Lackawanna. She is the mother of Jonathan Kroom. Uh, you may remember in 2009, Jonathan Kroom lost his life along with Lieutenant Charles McCarthy uh, fighting a Monday morning blaze in the city of Buffalo. She called in to share the perspective of family members during this time. Uh, and again, I am very thankful to Angie for calling in. I know it's not easy. I know a day like today brings back that awful day for her. Here was her perspective uh, just about an hour ago. We're going to go out to Lackawanna, where Angie is. Hey, Angie, thanks for calling in. Hi. Hi, Jill. What's uh, what's um, going through your mind this afternoon? Well, I'm um, I'm the mother of a, of a line-of-duty death firefighter. My son was Jonathan Kloom, who died on August 24, 2009. And these events today have obviously brought back a lot of, lot of wounds that were otherwise somewhat healing. And I can certainly share the perspective of the fact that this is the most horrible day for this family. I can pretty much tell you where they are right now, what they're feeling, what they're seeing. And it's awful. It really is. Angie, I, 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 I appreciate you calling in. I know it's not easy, as you said, you know, to hear the news. It brings back your painful memories. Uh, put us in that perspective of the family getting the news. I, I mean, you know, from the initial news of they're missing to the news of them passing away. Uh, what is this family experiencing right now? Well, for me, when it happened on, on that awful day was Monday. On August 24th, I had I wasn't in, in town at the time, and, and the phone calls that I was getting because confirmation hadn't been made was that my son was missing. So the word missing is very familiar with the word um, unaccounted for. And um, so it wasn't until I got back into the Buffalo airport that I actually got the news that they had found his body and 
he was gone. So from there, I was taken directly to ECMC where a mandatory um, autopsy was done. And that's pretty much where I got to see him. Angie, as the mother of a firefighter, I mean, you, you know that's always a possibility. You know, tell us about your son and, you know, the fact that he would just show up to a fire and be able to run right in the fire. Uh, was being a firefighter always a, a dream of his? No, no, it wasn't. Um, he just, um, he was literally, he was going to Buff State at the time um, to be a social worker and um, he was going to college and I remember when, when this opportunity arose in the city of Buffalo that he decided to just take the test. And um, so it wasn't an aspiration that I remember him having as a young man. It was just something that was an opportunity, and he took it, and he grew to love it. So my son was in the Buffalo Fire Department for about 10 years. So on the day that he went in to work, as you were saying, you know, that most of us go to work and it's a regular day and things can irritate us. Um, well, this particular day, my son was not even scheduled to work. He was called in for an overtime shift. Um, so I didn't even know he was working because he was supposed to be off. Um, and being a family member, I think most of the time, we as family members of firefighters or police, we do not grasp within our mind every day because I remember commenting when they asked me that question years ago um, I couldn't think about what he was doing when he was going in or I probably would never have let him go so we, we kind of like push those things out of our mind the dangerous part and everything else because statistically the fire department really has a good record you know you don't have these fatalities very often and thank God for that but when they happen it is horrible it's never a good time. Uh, a lot of times it is young men um, with young families, and, and they leave, you know, devastated family members behind. And, and Angie, people, you know, they talk about uh, the family's mourning, but I have to imagine as the mother of someone who was young my age, I, I mean, I'm sure that's something that lives with you every day. Yeah, it does. And, does, and Yeah, today in particular when I heard – it was, you know, it was even more so a day where I had to go and spend some time with him to tell him, guess what, you know, there's another family that's going through the same thing we did. Well, Angie, I, I know it's it's got to be a, a tough day for you, and I really appreciate you calling in. And, um, you know, y your son died a hero. I'm, I'm sure you've been told that a million times, but thank you so much for the call and the perspective. Thank you, and I, I just want to encourage the community, if I can say one more thing, to always, always please keep in mind these firefighters and those that are going in that are risking their lives every day because, by far, they're not rich. It's not a job that they do because they're making tons of money or it's affluent. It's just a job that they love, and they do it from the heart, and sometimes um, they have to sacrifice. So please, please keep them in their prayers and keep everyone um, in their prayers and, and close, as you said, you know, because life is very, very short and there's never a good time. You know, uh, 34 or 37 years old, you just haven't you haven't done living. You haven't gotten done living. So thank you very much for letting me um, speak my piece. That was Angie in Lackawanna earlier today. She called in mother of Jonathan Croom, who uh, lost his life and uh
2009 uh, in a Buffalo fire along with uh, Charles McCarthy. It is 5.52. You know, again, I, I just would ask everyone uh, if you're, you know, if your mood has changed because of some minor thing that happened in your life, like you had a flat tire and it cost you more than you thought, or, um, you know, you opened your wallet and it didn't have the 60 bucks you thought you had, you, you miscounted. It, it, those are minor things, and I think today we're reminded of just the minor things we let ruin our day um, when we are seeing, you know, a firefighter lost his life fighting, you know, doing his job, fighting a fire, and there is a family that is mourning. There is, there are firefighters all around Western New York mourning the loss of their brother today. So I, I would ask you to maybe think of it differently, put it in a different perspective when it comes to that minor thing in your life. And remember, you know, it's not that bad because what we saw today, that's bad. That's life-changing. That's tragic. And we've been thrown a lot of tragic events in the last year here in Buffalo. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's just another emotionally draining day. Um, but I do think it puts in perspective some of the things that we might overreact to. And then you see something like this and think, you know what? I don't have it that bad. Um, I want to end the show by saying God bless the firefighters family. God bless his soul. Um, I want to thank every single firefighter listening for their service and for the risks they take going into work every day. I want to thank the police officers out there for the risk they take every day in protecting us, the military, for all they've done. Thank you for your service. Thank you to each and every one of you. And, uh, yeah, another tragic day here in Buffalo uh, following this deadly fire. And we will keep you updated here on News Radio 930 WBEN. I want to thank you for the calls. I want to thank you for the text. God bless you. I love you, Buffalo. Um, I love being in Western New York. And like I said, we do see the worst in people. We have awful days like this, but I really think it reminds us of the great people that we are surrounded by here in Western New York. So thank you so much for listening today. And uh, Tom Puckett is up next with Buffalo's Evening News. I'll be back here tomorrow at 2 o'clock filling in for Tom Bowerly. We'll see you then. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.